have imagined that there is a correlation between mindset and emotional quotient, or better yet, that mindset may be emotional quotient in and of itself. Well, today in the Waste Up Order of Studio, my guest will explain. Developing that emotional quotient impacts how you lead, how you influence, and how you communicate with people. And beyond that, when you're on camera, doing all these is connectivity and leading and influencing people is so much more important and even more challenging because it's hard to connect in this new virtual world. And that is, it's really important to figure this out. So if you want to learn how to maximize and develop your emotional quotient so that you can impact influence in our new virtual world, stick around because we're going to uncover all that in just a minute. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartini, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hi, Virtual Nation. Welcome to another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe uh, and particularly the Mindset Series. This is episode six of the Mindset Series that we created and that I am trying to take mindset and look at it from so many different perspectives. A, because your mind is above the waist, so it's definitely relevant in our virtual world. And B, because it's really important in business and for growth success. So today we're going to be focusing on mindset from the perspective perspective of emotional quotient, that emotional intelligence, and that how that plays into mindset and the and the relation and correlation between the two. And you are in for a treat today because I have a really special guest who is a mentor for me, but also a mentor for so many entrepreneurs and has helped them elevate and tap into that that emotional intelligence and really allow them to elevate their mindset when it comes to emotional intelligence. And uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody we are on iTunes. So if you are so inclined, go there, subscribe, download our episodes and watch them. And if you um, if you enjoy them, uh, do a review for us and 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 um, and post that. We are also on YouTube. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, you can find Waste Up Wardrobe on Instagram and all these social media platforms, including Facebook, of course. So please uh, check us out on those platforms. Also, this is a dialogue. We want your questions. We want your thoughts. So please interact with us and uh, throw questions or comments in the in the comment box. And let's have a conversation around this and really help everybody out there uh, watching this, whether live or on the replay, benefit and maximize the information that we're going to give out today with this really um, special expert guest on Mindset. So also a shout out to my producer, Rick Moscoso, who's always in the production room and makes this show go round. He is the wind beneath the wings of the show, and I'm just so grateful for him. So I'd be remiss if I don't uh, bring him up at every show. So thank you, Rick. 
And let's just go ahead and dive in because I want to introduce you to today's guest and allow me to brag about him a little bit. Phil Black. Phil Black is a mindset mentor. He is one of the contributing mentors in Allison Maslin's Pinnacle Global Network, whose focus is to elevate and scale the businesses of hundreds of entrepreneurs. Phil Black has dedicated his life to bringing emotional intelligence to leadership teams through training and coaching. As a trainer, mentor, and strategic breakthrough expert, Phil has trained tens of thousands of individuals and Fortune 500 management teams such as Intel, Unisys, Sprint, Tony Robbins Companies, Qualcomm, AT&T, Dow Jones, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and the list goes on. Phil's passion and driving mission is to help guide others into, the, into creating their extraordinary lives. He is equally passionate about his life that he leads with raising his three teenagers, his two dogs, his cat, and his eight fish. He's dedicated to family, friends, and the, and the world shines through with his core belief in changing the planet through the hands of entrepreneurs. He really believes in the power of entrepreneurship. So please allow me to welcome and help me welcome Phil Black. Hi, Phil. Hey, Christine. Good to see you. Hello, everyone. It's, I'm super excited to be on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, you know, coming on the show and elevating the show. And really, you are such an amazing mentor who really cares about the journey of his uh, students, clients, and people that you mentor. So uh, I want to just start with something fun because I want people to get to know the amazing Phil Black on a personal level. I know you are a super private person because I, I really couldn't dig around very much. Yes, that's, that is true. That is very true. And I know you you will dig. <laughs> okay, so first question, snow or beach? Oh, snow in the winter, beach in the summer. Oh, so both. Oh, so there we go. But I'm a beach guy. I've lived in almost every single beach town down the coast of Southern California. All right. Do you surf? Um, poorly, but I scuba dive. Oh, scuba dive. Because okay, so that's yes. my next question, scuba diving or skiing then. Oh, see, there we go. We rolled right into it. It's uh, scuba diving in, in exotic locations, especially. Your favorite? Oh, the Great Barrier Reef, Coral Sea. You got to do that. A few different times, yes. Wow, that is, that's quite an experience, I'm sure. Yes. Okay, so Europe or Africa? Oh, that's a good one. Africa, and hopefully again soon. I, lo I love the people of Africa. And Europe's not bad either. So, so not, you know, we're not throwing that out, baby out with the bathwater, but Africa is just so diverse in the, the people and the culture and the animals and uh, very, very cool. Well, so that was kind of unfair question because they kind of tie for you, it sounds like. Um, yeah, you know, but I'm leaning toward Africa because I think that's going to be one of the next big journeys that we're going to be doing yeah. is, and is I, Africa again. And I assume you've been there to a lot of places in Africa and in Europe. Yes. Yes, yeah. I have. Okay. So adventure or caution? Ooh, adventure. Of course. It sounds yeah. like it. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's like, now, and, and with the right amount of discernment and caution, of course, you know, while on an adventure. Okay. All right. Well, that, you know, that's fair. And I yeah. appreciate that because, you know, you have to have those calculated risks, right? Yes, exactly. 
All right. Well, enough of that because I, I know you're super private and I don't want to I don't want to dig too deep, but let's dive right into the mindset series. Okay. okay? Are, are you ready? I am I am absolutely ready for you, Christine. Let's let's okay. rock and roll. Okay. So today we're gonna focus on mindset and really looking at it from that perspective that you're an expert on, that perspective of emotional quotient. And actually, before we even dive into that, my first question is, can you define for the audience emotional quotient? Um, absolutely. Um, because it gets it gets mixed up a few times. Emotional quotient is very is, is emotional intelligence. And so there's three factors that plays into it. One is being able to identify my own or your own emotions, being able to harness them and to be able to you know, able to use them, and also um, to be able to control them. So to have a clear understanding of your own emotions, also understanding you know the history of that, what, what's the trigger, and then where you go from that. So it's um, it's actually all three of those. So those are the three areas: identify your, your being able to identify yours, and also others' emotions, um, being able to harness those emotions, and then also being able to control my own emotions. Yeah, so it's a, it's based on a lot of awareness. Awareness, all, all of about awareness. all about awareness. Yeah, um, you know, early philosophers. One one of the statements is "Know thyself," and and so this isn't new. It's just packaged in a different way. And sometimes we forget this as humans. But uh, yeah, it's know thyself. Yeah, awareness of self, but also awareness of others. So that's sort of that's what you define or the definition of emotional intelligence that we can use interchangeably with emotional quotient. Am I correct? That's, that's correct. Okay. That, that is absolutely correct. And it's interesting because at the top of the show, before we even got on, actually, you were explaining the difference between that and emotional empathy, which is a totally different concept. And I was I was confusing the two. Can you explain what? emotional empathy is okay um emotional empathy is when someone can put themselves into your shoes so feel your emotions so whenever you have like emotions that are or someone that has very like even traumatic emotions um emotional empathy is someone who can actually put themselves in the shoes and feel like really feel and i think we've all had situations of this where we can feel the pain we can feel the joy the elation whatever that emotion is um but it almost overtakes us. And so that's the difference between emotional um, empathy and emotional intelligence. I mean, emotional intelligence, you're actually aware of the emotions and you're actually able to harness them and control them. And emotional empathy is it's a it's an it's a, a wash, like you're taken over by the emotion. Yeah. And I would say, as you explain it, it's like it's almost like the awareness piece is missing from the emotional empathy. But with emotional intelligence, you're aware. You still understand the emotions, but you're aware of yourself and others. Yeah, that's a that good, Christine, that's, that's a great way of putting it, too. It's almost like there's a boundary, too. You don't step over outside of yourself into someone else right. at, at the same time. So, you know, on the emotional empathy portion, you're really stepping into them, into their experience. As we connect mindset to emotional quotient, can you explain uh, the connection for us? Uh, oh, I'd love to. In fact, in fact, this is what got me started on this too, by the way, because uh, when I when uh, I was actually learning about mindset and and you know you know what is mindset, but uh, I remember hearing that you know talk, people talked about IQ, and so you want to get the best education, you want to do this because the more the better your education, the more successful you're going to be. At least that's what was taught with me. Um, and you know, I came from a family that, uh, you know, my dad was a doctor, my mom was a nurse, highly educated um, family. Um, 
And it was always pushed just like the more education, more education, the more successful you'd be. But I actually saw some of the difference of that too. And then I remember reading from a gentleman and many of you, if, you, if you've done anything on Daniel uh, or on emotional intelligence, have heard of Daniel Goleman. And he made a comment saying, um, um, IQ is static. You know, when you, when you actually have your IQ, that's what it is. But emotional intelligence is something that can be evolved and it, and it deals with mindset, how you look at things, how you view the world, how you see the world views you. And this was a cool thing. You could actually enhance it. So I sat there going, my sister was men's, you know, she was brilliant. Um, I was a good B, B minus student. So I'm like going, you mean there's a chance of success? So that was like my ticket to success right there. And I, I grabbed onto that. I go, I can work on emotional intelligence. Then I also started looking at some of the statistics and the correlation between intelligence uh, IQ and success was at about 57%. The correlation between emotional intelligence and success in business was in the 90%. And what I realized, I go, it's not just what you know, it's like how you are able to use it, but also understand the people who are working for you. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the mindset shift. And so the, the you know, mindset is emotional intelligence. Um, a healthy mindset is emotional intelligence because you can also have a, a poor mindset, but it, it's really the, the context of how you hold that emotional intelligence, which will tell you what your mindset is. You know, is it a growth or is it in decay? Yeah, the, a healthy mindset is emotional healthy intelligence. Yeah. Healthy mindset is emotional intelligence because we all have mindsets. You know, and, and you can take a look at this. I can, um, I can talk to someone and I can tell their financial blueprint very quickly from one of the mentors that I used to have. I can see uh, with business because you can see some clues about mindset if it's a healthy one or a growth mindset or one that's in decay or static, you know, or fixed as, you know, some, as some people will mention, you know, a fixed mindset. Yeah, I think about mindset as mindset. Where is your mindset at? What, where on the dial is, are you set? Are you on the healthy side, that growth, or are you more this way? And there is ways to shift that. So it is definitely something that can be developed. Don't you agree? I, I am. In fact, I'm going to take notes because that was brilliant how you just put this, you know, right there, too. And, and, and within mindset, um, there's a homeostasis where we play in a certain bandwidth of mind, of our mind. And so this is no different than a, a, you know, a thermostat in a house. And if your mindset's set at or the thermostat set at 72, um, if it goes, the temperature goes above that, the, the air conditioning will kick on lower down to 72. If it drops down, then it kicks the heater on. And so we have the same thing. We have a bandwidth of what we find acceptable in our world. And I call it the gospel truth. We will defend that mindset to our death sometimes. Um, you know, and when people are open to exploring and learning, and that's one of the areas of emotional intelligence, is being willing to challenge your current mindset um, and grow and let new ideas in. And, and uh, that, that's how you change a fixed mindset into a growth mindset. And as entrepreneurs, we really have to be very, we have to be working on mindset all the time. And there's all these different aspects of mindset, you know, emotional intelligence mm. being one aspect of it. And so tell me your thoughts on how important it is to really develop this emotional intelligence. And actually, first, let me ask, is it possible to develop your emotional quotient? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, one one hundred percent, absolutely. And there's a commitment there, because when you know people just say, "Well, just change your mind." Well, try doing that. You know, it's like telling someone not to be angry. If they, if you're angry, and someone says, "Well, don't be angry," what do you do? You get angrier, right? And and so it takes it takes working on this, and uh, and and consistency is a, is a garden. And so you're pulling weeds, you're fertilizing, you're, you're having it grow. And in business, especially, and here's the really, Chrissy, here's the really cool thing. Last year, we got a dose in, in, um, you know, probably an upper level course in, uh, in mindset because, and this is what I saw. And this was brilliant. You know, you had mentioned Allison Maslin and Pinnacle Global Network. Um, I had the opportunity to work with, with over 30, 40 different CEOs and watching them pivot. And so pivoting was part of the mindset shift of realizing that there had to be a different way to do it. The whole planet had the opportunity to shift. And I thought last year, you know, with with all the tragedies that did happen and things, there were some gifts. And one of the gifts is it really shook up people's mindset. People thinking, well, employees can't work from home. They won't be productive. And all of a sudden, employees are having to work from home and they're realizing profits went up. You know, during during a year of, of, you know, quote unquote, disaster, economic disaster. How is it that these CEOs, these companies could grow? And one of the biggest things was we started with the mindset. I started with the mindset and shifting um, the thoughts about this. But sometimes you have to be kicked out of the nest as opposed to jumping out of the tree and flying. And so I think the you know many entrepreneurs got kicked out of the nest. Some flew, others didn't. The biggest difference I saw was how they were able to handle um, the shift and be able to pivot. That's mindset. We spoke so much about pivoting and mindset. Allison was yeah. uh, Allison Maslin was on the show, and she uh, really, we really dug deep into that. Yeah. So, looking at mindset from this perspective of emotional quotient, tell mm-hmm. me why it's important. From just your experience, why is it important for successful entrepreneurs, a successful business mind, to really develop the emotional quotient? Well, one of the first things is you have to define success. What is success for people? So I think much of the time we used to just define success as 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 um, dollars, money. You know, do we're we wealthy? And then it's interesting because when you're younger, that seems to be the driving force. And then when you start hitting, you know, forties, fifties, you start realizing was that all there was? And so people call it a midlife crisis. I call it a midlife wake up. And where people start realizing that's like, no, there's more to life than just that. And so why is it important is defining your life um, and money will come and go. I, I love the Dalai Lama once said this. We will sacrifice our happiness and health for wealth. And then after we have our wealth, we will give our wealth away just to regain some health and happiness. Yeah. And and so why is it important? It's it's important to live a life that you're proud of, um, and to have more than just money, but have have wealth and wealth in relationships, wealth in family. There's story after story of ver- uh, celebrities who had everything, and you look at their children and they're miserable, or they they, they aren't well grounded because they didn't have the nurturing. And this is all about we're humans, and part of business is humans. In fact, all of business is humans. People who work in business um, for you are all humans. And if that's not nurtured, your biggest asset is now depreciating. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why the mindset, that's why emotional intelligence, like I said, is like being able to harness the emotions and being able to solve problems and bring people together and understand how they're feeling and be, be supportive creates amazing leadership. Yeah. So that nurturing piece is yeah. where the, the emotional intelligence comes in. Tell us a little bit about that. If you're a leader, if you're an influencer, if you, you are, you're working with clients where you have to be, you know, emotionally have that high emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. how does that play in to your success with them or you're guiding them? Um, well, huge. And one of my favorite sayings, Christine, is people don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. Right. And and it's so true across the border because um, across the board, not the board, probably the border too. You know, it's across <laughs> the border too because we care about the people in the north and the south and things of this sort. Um, and that plays in such a great part because if you want to create an army, if you want to create a, a crusade, if you have a product, if you have um, a new idea in your company, the way that it gets delivered is through the individuals. And individuals will, and I've seen this, they will postpone financial because they feel cared about. Mm-hmm. They would rather feel significant than, than anything else. That's the number one human condition. We, want to, we all want to feel significant. And if we can't do it in a way that's healthy and edifying, we will find other ways to do it. That's why in families, if you see sometimes the oldest, if they're the studious one and they're the good one, you find a rebel down the road. You know, or or you find the quiet one because everyone's trying to figure out a way to find find significance in their life yeah. um, and to be shared. So when you have a leader that sees you, and I love that line out of um, um, Avatar, you know, where, where um, they say, I see you. That is the most powerful thing that any leader can do is to stop and slow down and look at your employees and say, I see you. And I know what you're about because once someone feels respected, they will do anything. Right. Absolutely. And not only I see you, but I hear you being heard. Yes. And not only with your team, but even I feel like the most successful uh, business owners are those who empathize with their client and put themselves in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And as you're you're explaining that, I had this uh, this example popped in my head of, of I don't know in what context I'd heard it in the past, but there's a statistic out there that doctors who are like more likely to get sued by a disgruntled patient are those who were never re- never really showed they cared they 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 may be so basically if you if you have a doctor and they've always been empathetic but not a very good doctor technically they're less likely to sue you if you do something wrong but they're more likely to sue you if you are were a jerk to them or weren't empathetic or felt their their needs and were heard by them so i i think that is sort of the example that was triggered i don't know what context i heard it in but that is an example right there of a, of a measure of success you know a con- in a way Absolutely. How many times have we heard, even going back to the medical example, doctors have a poor bedside manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and because because for, for the longest time, emotions were not were considered a detriment because a doctor had to stay very unbiased, you know, like very unbiased and just deliver the information and stay in, stay in that light. And so emotional intelligence had never been taught. But when you're sitting there with a patient and you're delivering um, information, having them feel important and I, you know you're seeing different hospitals different you know medical centers actually embracing this 
you know, where that human element, bringing back that human element. And it's really hard for people who are all up here sometimes to transfer down here because it's, there's a vulnerability there too. Yeah. So it's not easy work, but, but the payoff, the return on investment um, is exponentially huge. Yeah. And I love physicians. I, my dad was a doctor. Your dad was a doctor. So yeah, my I, dad was a doctor. I, that, that is just an example of one type of profession where the way you treat people or the way you connect with them can impact how they perceive you. Every business, every yeah. industry. It doesn't. It doesn't matter with. Um, it doesn't matter what industry, as long as you. When you're dealing with individuals, when people feel that they matter, right? Um, it, they let down their guard. When people don't feel significant, they put their guard up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is all centered around emotional intelligence. And the be the best leaders I've seen. Um, brings this first and foremost into their culture. And this becomes a cultural um, stance, not just a mindset, it becomes part of the culture of, of companies. Right, and the values that they, they stand on. Oh, huge. I was, um, I was part of a study from uh, the Drucker School of Management. And uh, Peter Drucker, who's known as the godfather of business, actually has a, a, a school in Claremont, California. And uh, we were actually part of a, of a test, me and uh, one of the companies I was representing, about how could we take a company that was six to 200 and keep a culture of emotional intelligence. And so they did a pretty extensive um, study on us. And what they realized was the education, the continuous learning, having mentors um, and having individuals around that were actually having you become more conscious and aware, empathetic of your emotions. Um, made a huge difference in the bottom line of this company. Oh, by the way, this company was a real estate contracting company. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a ton of contractors in there and they were at least, they had a leasing and sales department. So it wasn't a warm, fuzzy, you know, industry, you know, and they, they were one of the few companies that actually were looked at um, as a growth company in Orange County, California, um, wow. years back. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that, that is great. That was actually going to, that leads me to my next question is when you are trying to mentor people into understanding this correlation, really developing their, their mindset around emotional intelligence. I mean, I imagine different personalities uh, are easier than others to really understand this and build that awareness. But how do you, what, to, what, like what ideas or how do you start that process with somebody to develop the emotional intelligence in them as a mentor? Well, part of it is, and I think you used the right word here, was try to mentor <laughs> because there's, I've got to be honest, not everyone will. Yeah. Um, there has to be a desire. And there has to be a, a vision and a passion to want to improve. If someone's like, and I've, wor I've, I've tried to attempt to work with individuals who just go, this is the way it is, the gospel truth. It's, like, it's not going to change. This is the way it's always been. Um, some, sometimes you have to become the teacher that steps back and let the student learn the lessons. And then if they come back, great. If not, then, then um, you know, so be it. That's not, that wasn't part of their journey. But with people who are looking, I really do take a look at it. It's like, who's committed to having something more in their life? And where it all starts with is a vision. And so where I really have people start working, it's like really working on their ideal life. And then also having them start taking a look at what their values are and what their mission. But it has to start with something that pulls them. And what pulls them is like, what, what is that extraordinary life you want to lead? Here's the one thing. Most people have no idea. They have no idea. They haven't spent time 
we spend more time researching cars. We we spend more time researching vacations than we do researching what's up here. And what is it that we truly want? So we find things to numb it um, or, you know, here, let, I think this is going to be great, but really not something that's that's deep inside. So that's where I love starting with people. Um, and first and foremost, you understand? I let them know how much I care. So I listen. I listen and we talk similar to what you do. You know, you were you were absolutely like phenomenal. Like when we were talking before this of being able to listen. And it was a very clear like your level of emotional intelligence where where you train and learn. But the questions that you asked were ones that would actually have me divulge who I am. So I would be seen. So it's very similar to the way that you would you hold these these um, these podcasts is the same way that I lead. It's like find out who a person is first. Don't yes. make the assumption. Yeah. You know, yeah. show them, show, you know, let them know you care, create a safe environment, and then you can push. Then you can actually stretch them. Absolutely. So it's like gaining the trust, really building the connection and doing it through the camera is more challenging than we were traditionally used to. So you almost have to be more aware. Oh, absolutely. We were, um, you know, for I'm in that weird space between baby boomers and Gen X, you know, like right there. I think there's a two years. It's called um, um, Generation Jones or something. <laughs> yeah, I just read about it. It was, it was cool. I'm not I'm not neither. Um, but, you know, the baby boomers now became baby zoomers. And so the uncomfortableness of like learning something new and then all of a sudden being visible and watching yourself, like, like this world of where, you know, if we look down at the camera, we can see ourselves in real life. We don't see ourselves. Yeah. And, and so being able to, first of all, get comfortable. This is the same thing with emotional intelligence, being vulnerable. It's a different right. level, different level of vulnerability, but it shows. And it's so interesting when you, you've seen this on, on Zoom where someone takes himself off, um, off uh, camera or all of a sudden their phone rings and you see they're talking on the phone and you're like, it's no different than if you were live and someone was to do that. And, and but that goes back to emotional intelligence, awareness. Right. You know, so interesting. Yeah. As, as you're saying that, it's so interesting because my whole show, Waste Up Wardrobe, is built on this idea that now we are working in a virtual world. It's different. And that really maybe it's the awareness that needs to be up leveled because, you know, one of the kickoff shows was everything about about bloopers, zoopers, you know, bloopers on Zoom. And right. to think that somebody could actually think it's okay to do like to have your bed undone behind you when you would never do that in a boardroom. You know, people don't want to be in your bedroom when they're doing business with you. It requires a love of awareness. Yes. So I'm having an aha moment here with the mindset <laughs> mentor. <laughs> and so the, the, the show, we I, now it's like all coming together for me. This show is really about being aware of the new world that we work in. And it's a different way of thinking. So thank you for that. You You're just uh, you just did a, 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 you know, a mentoring moment on me. Um, Maybe we create a new quotient. Christine, between us, you know, in this new virtual world that we live in, we may actually be onto something here. Absolutely. Um, and, and it still comes back to social awareness and and situational awareness, being yeah. able to understand what's in your environment. You know, one of the reasons I think this happens, and once again, this goes into emotional intelligence, is people don't see themselves as significant. And when they really are, people, you know, when someone doesn't show up for something, they feel like it doesn't matter, but it does. 
And so getting feedback and, ha you know, really being able to take a step back and becoming more conscious of your awareness and aware of the ripple effect that you have. You know, I know I used to live in Newport Beach. I think you live, um, you know, you live in Southern California. And, and I remember this one sign that says, um, watch your wake. You know, so the boats leaving the harbor, um, making sure they weren't going too quick um, and they would leave a wake and then it would disrupt other boats. Um, people aren't aware of the wake that they leave. Some people will, you know, come in thunderous and not realize that they're disruptive. And other people think that they don't have a wake so they can just leave without any effect. Mm. Um, and once again, this goes know thyself, you know, understand you make a difference. And this yeah. is also part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, th this is good news because EQ can be developed. It's just a yes. matter of having the desire because I used to think of it as you either have it or you have not. <laughs> it. Right. And that isn't what I'm getting from our conversation, that it can be developed. It is something you can get more and more aware of and start putting tools into action to help you build that up. So, you know, um, can you give us an example or share an example of how mindset and emotional quotient interplayed for somebody you mentored or somebody you know, even a friend, um, that could be a great example for people to 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 help them think about this a little bit better? You know, absolutely. And th this shows up in teams quite a bit um, when we get triggered. And, you know, and I've seen this like in, in say, I've run sales departments, I've run companies. And when you get triggered um, and actually start monologuing, what happens is it divides the team. So people move to silence or violence. And I use violence, you know, where it's more aggressive behavior. I can go into violence. Um, and so there was this one CEO that goes, Phil, I have no idea why I'm not getting the feedback I need. So I sat in on their meeting. And it was interesting because he started yelling. Like he was getting in, and his yelling was passionate. And he was very passionate, but he was loud. And so I stopped him. I go, let me ask you this. I go, out of this group, I go, who here grew up in an environment, a home that when someone raised their voice, it became dangerous? And about half the room raised their hand. And I go, so when people feel dangerous, do they speak up? No, they go to fight, flight, or fade. And we don't talk about fade a lot, but we talk to fight. You know, if you feel like you're evenly matched, you'll you'll go up against a little more aggressive behavior. Um, you know, or you'll leave, but then the other group will fade. They hide. They can be in the room, but they hide. And so what was happening, he was having to make some really big decisions, and he thought it was them. And this is the big thing. When you're at the head of anything, and if you're seeing a pattern, you have you take the focus off them and you put it back on me, on on the person, because you're the one that created this. You're the leader. And so what when I started talking to him, I go, let's add instead of definitive, say, I'm curious how you see this, as opposed to, hey, this is the God off, you know, this is the gospel truth. <clears throat> so we started using different words. Like, I wonder if, or could I please get feedback? So we loosened, we lowered um, the tension in his voice, and it was amazing the conversations. We created a safe place for people to be able to start sharing. And from there, that's when the team started to gel, and they started to get honest with each other. And so, but he thought, he goes, no, I'm just passionate. I'm not angry or anything. I go, you know, my kids say that too. It's just like, you know, I'll come in after mentoring. Um, and I feel like I'm passionate on purpose, but they're like, no, your energy is strong. So once again, the emotional intelligence, being able to bring it back. 
I understand that and so, from so many different perspectives it's you know it, it's almost like he 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 was in it and he couldn't see the problem and right. he needed somebody to make him aware and once he became aware he was able to improve the connection and the leadership and, and right and by that they now respected him they felt respected they didn't feel attacked and when someone feels respected you have mutual respect i respect you as a human being you respect me as a human being you can say almost anything to anyone when that condition is there yeah. and that's the number one thing here's another example uh, american indians they used to call it calming the waters so when the the warriors would leave the village they weren't warriors in the village they were fathers they were they were um the wise men they were um they were part of the village and then they would leave and they would become warriors and their job was battle you know or be on the hunt well before they came back into the village they couldn't bring that energy in so what they would do is most villages was by a water source so they called it calming the waters and so the warriors would sit on the opposite side of the water um, and sit there until they could calm their energy down to be congruent with what was in the village which were the children with were the the women um, and that village and once they were able to calm their energy they would cross over the river back into the village so i use this as like calming the waters you know, before you step into a meeting, before you step into your house, take a few minutes, lower your energy and get congruent with the environment that you're going into. Calming the waters. Calming the waters. What a great takeaway. So uh, the, the example you gave uh, with the gentleman who you led, the, the leader that you were helping become mm -hmm. aware of what he was doing, you know, inadequately, inadequately or what he could have been doing better yeah. was, is an example of how a leader can lead a winning team and it could go in any area of your life, not just entrepreneurship, but you know, in, in sports in every area of your life where you lead a team and, and, and you can get to that win if you have that awareness and that connection with your, with your team. So how does emotional quotient make you a better communicator? And we talked about team and winning, but how about communication? Um, it's, it's, it's the great question too. Um, it's all about communication. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. It's not the words. Words are 7% of communication. 93% mm -hmm. is nonverbal. So, you know, am I leaning in? Am I, do I have a scowl on my face? Do I, you know, it, it's, you know, what is my body language coming in? It says a lot about an individual. And so once again, that's, that's, that spatial perception, how I'm showing up. You know, am I showing up in a way where, you know, I'm inviting or am I showing up in a way that I'm intimidating? You know, I, I would, um, you know, early on, right out of college, I was a more, I did mortgages because I thought mortgage banker, that was a great title. I had no idea what it was. So I actually did, did uh, real estate loans um, in San Diego. Um, in Del Mar, I would wear a suit. And then I would go to Poway, and it was funny, some guy, and thank God I've had mentors along the way. And that's one of the things with emotional intelligence. Find people who are experts in areas of leadership and mentoring and emotional intelligence because you need a mirror. You need something to track. So I actually met this one realtor that before I walked in the door, it was a, it was a caravan, and he pulled me back out of the room. And I go, what are you doing? He's like, lose the jacket, lose the tie, roll up your sleeves, and then go in. And I just go, well, that seems strange. He goes, no. He goes, because you look like a foreigner. <laughs> and the same thing happened to me when I was doing a transaction in um, Hawaii uh, when I was with Dow Jones. We came in wearing suits, and they started laughing at us. 
because they're like, you know, you howlies. It's like, who are you? And we literally had to go buy a bunch of Hawaiian clothes, you know, just linen pants, Hawaiian shirt, um, take the socks off, lose the black shoes and go back in and have a meeting because now we were congruent. Yeah. But but it, it you know it made such a difference and it was just it was such a great example of you know wearing brown shoes to a black tie event, you know it just doesn't fit, you know right there. Absolutely, PK Odell is on and she's saying calming the water. She is really she's really resonating with that statement and so did I and I think many of our listeners will and mm. viewers. So uh, thank you for joining us, PK. Hey, PK. <laughs> um, so it's so interesting what you just said about communication with other than verbal language. So we yes. did a whole episode on body language and how that comes up. And so PK is adding dress for your audience, and we're not just talking about the clothes. Right. We're talking about body language and the way we we right. the way we communicate that's nonverbal. Sometimes I had a friend who I was talking to once and, you know, we were having a debate. Don't look at me in that tone. <laughs> and she's like, oh, OK. And then it, it totally you know, it was, we, we had a laugh. But it was so interesting because, you know, you're, you're taking this idea of you know, your, your, your sense of, of seeing and your sense of, of hearing. And, and really there's so many ways that we communicate through all our different senses. Yes. So I love that you highlighted that because it is communication is key when it comes to, um, you, you know, leading people, leading teams and being a part of a group. And it's really important for the, the mindset that it, the, the connection with people on that emotional level. Oh, so true. Um, and Christine, one other aspect of this too, where and I think this is helpful for all of us to remember, is our interpretations are our interpretations. So we can look at something, and I've seen, I've, I've heard people say this. It's like you know, if there's, you know, I've got twenty thousand dollars in a bank account. Some people may say, "Oh my God, you're rich," and other person would be like, "That's it." You're poor, what, you know, and so there's an interpretation. How we see life is an interpretation. So when we communicate, one of the best ways to start with is start with facts, ones that we would all agree with. So using that example, there's $20,000 in this bank. Everyone would agree like that is a true statement. Now my interpretation is dot, dot, dot. But here's the one thing, fact is fact. It, it, it doesn't really create emotion. Our interpretation is loaded with emotion. Um, you know, our story is all in our interpretation. So pretty much when someone starts talking to me, I can tell within the first five minutes of, uh, a lot about them, about the stories that they'll start telling, telling me what's important to them, how they react, you know, are they, um, you know, just so many clues. Um, um, and that's interpretation, which is, is argumentative. But, and then the other thing is to be able to talk tentative. You know, especially as a man, you know, my, my voice, and I have a deeper voice, is very, it's, it's very authoritative. Um, and if I'm in a group that is, is um, not as of such, then I'm going to come across as either arrogant, intimidating, something. Um, so me being aware of that. So talking tentative, not being a wuss, but, but not commanding. So I'm wonder, I'm curious is a great word. I wonder if... You know, what would you say? What What are your thoughts about this? And so those all play into creating emotional and, you know, connection with people yeah. where you get them connecting with you because communication is a dialogue, not a monologue. Yep. 
so much to unpack here. I know, this seriously. So, this is so, so good. Thank this God we so have good. eight more. Thank God we have eight more hours to go through <laughs> this stuff. Because Lord Almighty, if we had to do this in an hour, we'd be in trouble. Okay, so just I want to take that a little bit piece by piece because when you talked, to, you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, oh. Uh, I was thinking perception is people's reality. Everybody perceives something differently from what you said. Yes. So every, so the way people perceive things and interpret, as you said, is their reality. So that's why we're able to look at things from different perspectives. We would have different views or different ways of, of seeing or translating things, actions or you know something somebody says. So that's so interesting because that is mindset right there. That is you mindset, know, right? My, there. That is de- that is a developing mindset. Being able to see the different perspectives mm-hmm. is the is is the sign of of a growth mindset, a, a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. 100%. So again, the, that's where all this starts, like really gelling together. Uh, so when it comes to emotional quotient. Uh, you become a better influencer if you have a higher emotional quotient. Do you agree with that statement? 100%. 100%. As opposed to trying to control people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because here's the thing. You can't control any anything of an individual, their thoughts, their actions, their behavior, anything. You can't control the weather. You can't control the stock market. You know, even though we like to, but we get upset because we can't. Yet, it's not in our hands to control. However, if we focus our attention on what is in my hands to control in this moment in time, what is one thing that I can do that can move me toward the goal that I want? Not trying to control someone, but that is in my hands to control. I refer to this as upper limit um, uh, above the line thinking. And above the line thinking is I see, I see what's going on. I own it. I solve it and I do it. And so what can I do to make a difference? One step that I can do. Adversely, below the line thinking is blaming, shaming, justifying, complaining. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and being conscious and aware that, okay, I'm in charge of my own reality. I'm in charge of my destiny. And so what is it that's in my hands right now to be able to do it? And that's influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And influence is important. I mean, so there's this connection between emotional quotient, emotional intelligence, and being able to influence somebody, not control them, but influence them. Sure. Because, you know, influence can be used in a negative way. But you know what I mean. When you yes. are trying to help somebody really think through things as a mentor, for instance, as a business owner, if you have a client, you're really trying to help them make that decision to right. take the leap. Um, but also, it comes into play like mindset does in every area of our lives. When I think about influence, I think uh, I think I am definitely an influencer in my clients' lives. But I'm I would have missed my purpose in life if I wasn't the biggest influencer for my children. Mm. So there's influence in so many parts of our lives, and that ties in so much to emotional quotient. Doing it in a way that isn't controlling, but is informative, is teaching. It's is allowing for for people to think differently than you but also showing them why you think a certain way it's so interesting this is such a really important area for people to develop in that emotional quotient mindset connection don't you agree oh absolutely and i love that example you gave about being a parent and here's the one thing the children will first listen to what you say you know, don't put your hand on this, don't put your hand on this. But ultimately, I know being a dad, one of the things that influenced them the most is, is not what I said, but how I did it. 
or what I did and and maybe how I said it. So it wasn't the words. It wasn't trying to get control. And so influence comes from, am I walking the talk? Am I eating my own cooking? You know, am I, am I being, am I being kind to others? You know, and when I'm disciplining my children to not to be, you know, mean to others, am I being mean to them? Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite things was I remember um, telling my daughter not to whine and I started laughing because the way I said it was absolutely a whine. Like, I'm so tired of you whining, right? Which was exactly the same thing she was doing. So she's like, okay, you know, here's the mirror. Practice what you preach, dad. That, that's the problem with having three amazing kids. My stuff is coming back at me in, in three by threes now, you know, with um, all my kids. Absolutely. They really bring it back to you. But I love that because, you know, it's like you're teaching them something by the action, but the influence is the being able to connect with them on an emotional level and being empathetic, whether it's your kids or somebody you're trying to help in business, mm-hmm. it really is important for there to be that that emotional piece in there, that emotional IQ, the EQ, because yes. then they feel that caring, that you've got them and that you have their best interest in, in, in mind. And um, so that that is the connection right there. Influence, mindset, emotional quotient, because then we're, right. we're talking about really big concept, but I want to just connect it for the audience and why this all really comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd want, and I'm, I'm just, I, I think we've given so much great information here. But I want to tie in as we near the end of the show to, you know, on camera, because obviously Waste Up Wardrobe is all about connecting in a virtual world where we're staring at each other in screens. Do you have any tips on how we can do that better through the lens? Oh, well, first of all, you know, subscribing to this podcast (laughs) is number one thing because I'm looking at your background and I'm like, going, (laughs) I could use some of your help, you know, with what I do. So there's, you know, no matter what we're, we're visual. So having that visual, like, is it, is it a put off to people? You know, is it, you know, are things organized when people have messes around them, just so they know the mind will focus in on that you know, at a subconscious level. So is your environment set in a way that actually, you know, has people be able to listen to you? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is too, instead, you know, I I love this, how you you did the the sound check is, am I yelling? You know, and you you get this every once in a while, or am I too low where someone has to lean in and really listen and now they can't hear the message because they're too busy trying to hear you. Um, and, and so being, you know, and making eye contact, even though it's a little lens, um, you know, being able to look at that and realize that that little lens can change the world and it's opening up the door to millions of people Yeah. and being able to make a connection, um, even though someone's not there, but realizing that you're touching souls. So one of the things that I do is I may not be able to see you, but I know you're there. And so the message that I deliver is coming from my heart, not my head. And so that's that's probably one of the bigger things too, Christine. Is is uh, um, is I had a friend always say this is like you know this come from your heart, have fun, and do your best. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the, the best advice I ever said. Get out of here, get into here, and deliver, um, and practice. Here's the other thing too: practice. Yeah. Um, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you're practicing healthy habits of dress and paying attention to this, that will become permanent. 
Um, Or if you have the opposite, then that becomes permanent, but it all makes a difference. A hundred percent. And so a lot of the things that we talk on uh, Waste Up Wardrobe on is is about how to connect with the audience and everything you put out there. We have a show for every one of those features about your background, about your technology, your eye contact, because we are speaking our brand now on in a different way and we still have to make those connections. And the difficulty is that we are communicating one way. We're not getting the feedback through the camera lens, but we're mm-hmm. getting used to understanding that. And we are actually, this is not limited like it used to be. You're no longer in a, on a, on a, on a stage where you're only speaking to a hundred, 500 people. You're on a stage where potentially the whole world can mm. see this. So it, the, it's very impactful and, and it's worth honing and practicing the, the skills to do it well, don't you think? Oh, um, one, 100%, 100%. <laughs> and no one's expecting it to be perfect. So that's, that's one of the things. The thing I love about this is it's stretching people. And when we stretch, we get out of our comfort zone. There's a little voice that shows up. And that little voice is like, you're in danger. Go back to what you already know. So I tell people, I go, when you hear that monkey mind, congratulate yourself, pat yourself on the back, because it means one thing, you're growing. You're out of your comfort zone and you're growing and it's unfamiliar territory. And eventually that unfamiliar territory will become familiar again. And guess what your job is? And this is my job as a mentor and and working with hundreds of people. I go, my job is to stand right behind you and not let you go back and saying, great. So you're a little comfortable now. Let's get a little more uncomfortable. So we take it the next step. And that's also, that's where the growth mindset, that's where emotional intelligence comes from. You're, you're expanding, but it's so true. It's, it's so when the, you hear that voice I, and you start getting critical about yourself, yeah. one of the things I say, if there's something that I'm critical about, I have to give five things that I appreciate about. And so I have a one to five ratio. And so what I stopped doing was complaining about certain things because I didn't want to give the five. So at first it was like too challenging to give five. So I'm like, well, forget it. I'm done with that story. It doesn't work for me anymore. But then I started appreciating the five because it, it's creating a habit of appreciation and gratitude. Yeah, Um, is huge. Spoken by a true mentor and PK is adding, I have a large picture of my BFF behind my camera lens so that I'm looking in her eyes when speaking. What a great idea. That that is a great, that's, that's absolutely a great idea. Having a mirror there is another thing too, because you know, it's like, are you smiling or are you frowning? You know, I have it. I have a tendency. I can get really serious about like topics because I go deep in and that's just where my, my, my face goes. So I have to remember to smile. Yeah. You know, sometimes. And and so, uh, you know, but find something that works for you, because I'm, I'm not a fan of fruitless standardization, the law of fruitless standardization. So what, if it's a puppy, I've seen I've seen, you know, and then a cat jumps in front of you, you know, or, or dogs or whatever. But find what actually brings a smile to your face that puts you into that space and realize that people aren't remembering what you did wrong because they're too worried about what they did wrong. Yeah. You know, we're, we're too, you know, and that's the one thing we 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 think of ourselves too highly when we're making mistakes and too little when we're actually um, winning because we yeah. don't celebrate. So celebrate more and realize that when you make a mistake, that's how we're built. The only way we grow is through our mistakes. Yep, absolutely. That's- and spoken like a true mentor. This has well, been- thank you, Christine. 
so awesome. And I know that you are in the process of prepping this amazing assessment, I believe. And I'll yes. let you explain what it is. And it's going to be coming out by the end of the month. And I'm hoping that my, you know, our audience can get a hold of it and be able to use it. Is that something that we can do? Can you, Would you give you know, that to I, us? You know, I love it. And so once again, talking about stepping out of a comfort zone right here. So what we're doing is we're creating um, the emotional quotient um, assessment. And so along with some, some of the information that we talked about also besides the podcast is going to be in a PDF form. So we will have this to you in a couple of weeks um, and I'm going to deliver it to Christine. So it's going to be available to all of you as my gift uh, for listening. Thank you so much. And if you want this handy dandy assessment, please put the hashtag empathize and shine in the comment box because we want to know who you are so we can get it to you. So do that in the comment box. And if you're listening to the replay, you can do that too. Anytime you listen to this, just put in empathize and shine. Thank you so much for offering that to the guests. You are, I could be speaking to you, Phil, for hours. You are such a legend. Like I, I really, everything you. that you, everything that you've said today, I resonate with. It helps me think deeper and become more aware. And I hope, and I'm sure it's going to affect and impact so many people. At least it's impacted me. And I'm sure Rick, my producer behind the scenes and, and, and so many more that are going to listen to this. So I always end Waste Up Wardrobe with a summary because we want the benefit of people really, in a nutshell, understanding the right. key value here. Major takeaway, what would that be? Major takeaway is you're never too old, you're never too young to actually expand your emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is directly correlated to your success and the happiness of your life. It's in your hands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I love that. And any tips you can give the audience about uh, this topic? Oh, um, yeah, one of the ways that you can work on with work on yourself and something that you can do right away is um, is first of all create a habit like for the rest of today and notice your emotions and whether it be you know sad, glad, afraid, mad, you know whatever it is, but um, notice your emotion, what the situation was, uh, you know, listen to the story, but don't don't take it on. So name your emotion, recognize, recognize um, what that emotion is and notice what story you were telling that actually created it. So that's yeah. number one. Number two is ask for feedback. So this is where, you know, self-perception is always a del uh, delusion, but someone who you trust and yeah. just going, hey, how do you see how I handle situations? You know, when there's conflict, how do I come across? And number three is the best way to grow is to read. Yeah. You know, there's brilliant minds that wrote down billions of words for us to be able to to do anything in this world. The information's out there. So read literature. So tell on that note, tell us a couple tools we can use. Any books you can recommend on this? Uh, you know, there, there's a couple. Here's a really fun one. Um, and it's an old book. And I mentioned this to people when we were in the middle of COVID right when it started. But who moved my cheese? is a simple book. I know it brings laughter to like when I say this, it's like who moved my cheese is a simple book, but it's, it, and you'll get the story, but it's an easy read. So if you guys don't, if any of you that don't like to read, just pick it up. It's great. Um, if you want something more serious, that's around emotional intelligence. Daniel Goleman is, is really the person that coined emotional intelligence. This book is over 20 years old. It was almost like, a, like, no, you don't mention this in corporations because it's talking about emotions. We're in a different place now. Yeah. So Emotional Intelligence um, by Daniel Goleman, and he has another one called Emotional Intelligent Leader. 
which is another great book. Um, uh, the Harvard Business Review has a great book on emotional intelligence. So it's HBR, Emotional Intelligence. And then the last one, some of you may have read it or not, but I, I, I think they're spot on, is Emotional Intelligence 2.0 with Travis Bradbury. And are, I think Gene Greaves. We're going to put all those links in the chat and in the comment box for people to link sync up to and, and if they wanted to purchase that on Amazon or however they want to look that up because I think that all of that has such wealth of information for those people want to dig deep into how to improve their emotional quotient and, and really up level that mindset. So there you have it. Waste up wardrobe wrap up, weekly wrap up. We got the overarching takeaway, the tips, the tools, and you're putting us right into action with having us really uh, look at ourselves and observe, be observers today of how, yes. what our, how, what our emotions yes. are looking like. I Thank refer to, you. I love this. And here's the term, become a loving witness to yes. behavior. Don't own it. Become a loving witness to people's experience. That's, 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 you know, might be hard for people to do. I mean, that's not an easy task because we tend to be overcritical of ourselves. But yeah. yes, I, so, I think that's So there's the practice. There's the practice there's right the there. Practice. I'm loving right there. <laughs> yeah. Christine, thank you so much. This has been an honor. Super excited to be here. Thank and, you. And uh, I value and appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. It was wonderful to, to see you today. And thank you for elevating our show by, by your presence and educating us and all the Waste Up Wardrobe audience. There you have it. There's a Waste Up Wardrobe Weekly Wrap-Up, and we've got that for you in a nutshell, and a lot of tools are going to be placed in the comment box for you to refer to. And, oh boy, that felt so good. Now that we've wrapped up the Mindset series with these six episodes, looking at mindset from all these different perspectives, we're taking you on a different journey next week. And it's specifically a journey we are, it's sort of like a, a second part to an earlier episode we did. We had done by high demand, a, an episode on um, how to style hair for women of color. And next episode is going to be how to how to do makeup for women of color, specifically geared towards women of color. We're going to have multiple guests on the show who are going to be talking, asking all the questions that really, you know, that, that really make them wonder what to do and how to do it right. And we're going to have an expert makeup artist who knows exactly to how to answer those questions. So if you are interested or you know somebody it is, invite them to the show. Same time, same place, 1130 next week. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Bye.